Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. We interview world-class influencers, celebrities, and elite entrepreneurs. And I thank you for joining us. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America's Influencers Channel. And you can listen to all of our shows on your Android or Apple device. Go to TonyDurso.com slash mobile and get the app. TonyDurso.com slash mobile. Today's show is with Tyler Mulvihill and Damon Burton, blockchain and SEO. All right. Here's some info on Tyler Mulvihill. Tyler leads business development for Viant, a next-generation blockchain-based platform for modeling business processes, tracking assets, and building transparent, fluid supply chains of the future. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Great to be here. Nice to meet you, Tony. Thank you, Tyler. It's an honor and a privilege to have you. I can't wait to find out about blockchains and what Viant does, and it's very interesting, and I hope to really educate our audience on this because it is kind of new for some and there are some things to understand it. But first things first, Tyler, I'd love to know, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Sure. So I think my backstory is a little bit non-traditional. So hopefully for the folks that are listening to this, uh, they get some inspiration um, if they need it. So I spent a better part of a decade before joining Consensus, which is the firm that I work for, which is incubating my company called Viant.io. So I spent the better part of a decade working for a big four consulting firm where I was doing advisory and management consulting. So traditional path, not the entrepreneurial path, but I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My family was entrepreneurial. Um, I started many companies before and during that stint, but none of them blew up the way that we've been experiencing today. So I never lost sight of that, of that image. I just didn't know where I wanted to go. So the last two years at this prior job, I helped stand up a fintech practice at this consulting firm. So I got exposure to all the exponential technologies. We're talking ML, AI, robotics processing, omnichannel authentication, of course, blockchain. And I was kind of the blockchain guy there. And I was looking around because I thought this was going to be transformational technology. And I was ahead of the curve. And I wanted to you know, make a mark on the world using this tech. So I found a company called Consensus, which at the time, I think was around 20 or maybe 30 people. It was started by Joseph Lubin in 2014, who was one of the co-founders of the Ethereum project and was a COO of the Ethereum Foundation, which is you know, the second largest blockchain by market cap. That's how most people know it. And founded by Vitalik Buterin, who was you know, at the time a 19-year-old Russian genius, Russian-Canadian genius. So I found Joseph Lubin and his, his crew, and I was friends with, really good friends with this guy named Mark D'Agostino, who's currently the CEO of Grid Plus, which is a blockchain energy startup based out of Austin, Texas. And he was helping me start some companies. I was helping him start some companies and he st just started disappearing. And when I asked him what he was doing, he explained the concept of blockchain to me. And this was back in you know 2013 or 14, so a long time ago in the blockchain world. And during that conversation, I was trying to stump him, like stump the Schwab, and I couldn't do it. So everything that I said, the reason why this technology couldn't be and could be impossible, he had a refute for And during this conversation, it was supposed to be 15 minutes, ended up being around three hours. I almost like threw up. I was like, this can't be. This, this the technology is going to change the world. I can't, everything's going to change. 
So I went home and I remember distinctly going home on the train that, that, that evening. And uh, I live in New York and watching everyone's head bob up and down on the subway and just looking around and realizing that nobody knew what was coming. Nobody knew that this wave was, was about to hit. And it was that moment where I spent the next six months learning about everything about technology, decentralized systems, centralized systems, other ways of organizing, organizing organizations, and learning everything about the Ethereum blockchain. To the point where when Mark and team started winning consulting projects at Consensus, they had a project for me to deliver. So I ended up delivering, along with the help of my team, the BHP Billiton supply chain project at Consensus. So for those of you who don't know, BHP Billiton was, is one of the largest mining companies in the world, or the largest mining company by market cap in the world. And we put their rock and fluid supply chain on the blockchain. So that went from everything from planning the sample at the office to acquiring that sample in the middle of the golf and on the, on the rig, to sending it to a vendor to be analyzed, uploading that analysis report, shipping that sample to um, the final storage facility. And this was integrated with the interplanetary filing system, which the IPFS stands for interplanetary filing system. So essentially, this was way before its time. I mean, this was, as far as I know, the first non-financial production grade blockchain application in the universe. So very proud to deliver that. And we delivered another project for one of the largest healthcare technology companies in the world where we track vaccines for them. Um, and then we did the same thing for one of the largest land, blockchain land registries in the world in the Middle East. And over and over, we were delivering these consulting engagements, and they were time-consuming, and they were also costly. So the team that was delivering that, um, myself, my co-founders, realized that we could build a platform here. There's a need for this technology, and let's go ahead and build it. So I would say that that's really where my, my journey started. That is quite a journey, and I really thank you for sharing that and setting the stage and telling us about it. And I can already see that we may be talking about something just a little bit more technical than the audience may have expected. So what I want to do is bring it all down a little bit to simplicity. I may even ask you some questions from a different angle that you've already answered or a different facet, or I may even ask the same question again in a different way. You know, Tyler, when we all think of blockchain, first thing that comes to probably everybody's mind, you say blockchain, they think, oh, Bitcoin. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than a digital currency. So perhaps you can school us a little bit and take us down to the simplicity, Tyler. What is a blockchain? Absolutely. So I get asked this question a lot. So I think I could help your users or, or your listeners to really understand this concept. At its base level, all a blockchain is, is a decentralized database. So it's a database that anyone can hold a copy of and that anything that's added to that database cannot be changed. So you can only write to it at the end. And some of it, some people call it a shared ledger. But when I get asked this question and I give that explanation, the, the stares are blank back. So I, I try to give some analogies. So one of the analogies I give is back in the early 90s or even the mid 90s, if somebody asked what the internet was, they would say, well, it's a way to send packets of information across you know, landlines uh, in, in a network around globally. That also means nothing to most people. So what I like to say is that back in the early 90s and the mid 90s, people were building intranets. Um, they were building these closed systems to link either their own organizations or a few organizations together. And then not until HTTPS, so if you look at your web browser, it has the HTTP dot or S dot dot slash slash. That's when there was enough security on the web, on the internet, where people started transacting on a global scale. So what 
blockchain is going to enable is this next generation of how the internet basically should have been constructed from the beginning, but we didn't have this tech. So essentially, blockchain is a way that people or organizations can start organizing and cross-collaborating with a single source of truth or a shared ledger where everybody knows what's going on, but nobody controls it. And that is going to change many, many industries. I like that. That's great because I can think more with this. I've interviewed some people before on blockchain. I love your explanation. I love how you've made the analogy to the internet. And so we're going to use that a little bit. You know, we're talking about the internet coming. And so first thing people are going to say, okay, we understand that it's a ledger that you can't change, but you can add to the end. So I'm going to say, well, why is that important to have? You know, what's the utility in that, Tyler? Yeah, so it's really, it's the same question about the internet. So what's the utility of the internet? And uh, I could say it changed everything. Um, and I think blockchain is going to do the same. So there, there are certain concepts that are really important to understand when you really want to understand how the world's going to look like in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And some of those concepts, and I think this is going to be interesting to, to your, your viewers, that's why I'm, for your listeners, that's why I'm going to say this, is that there's concepts like self-sovereign identity. So when you ask most people, do they have a digital identity, they'll say yes. And I would argue that that's not the case. Facebook owns it. LinkedIn owns it. Uber owns your five-star rating. And that if you become an enemy of the state or somebody hacks the database or they press a wrong button, your digital identity is destroyed. So you no longer exist. And ima- imagine going one day with a digital identity, logging into your, your Gmail or, or whatever service providers that you use, logging in to get an Uber or to, to give a ride and make some money. And then the next day, that's gone. We see that in the movies now, Tyler. It's pretty scary. All of a sudden, you don't exist. And I always find it irritating when I have to prove that I am me when I'm calling you know, a financial institution or any company that I have bills with or they provide services. And sometimes you have to go through this. It's not quite demeaning, but it's irritating that you have to really go through all this to prove who you are. And are you saying by any way that this blockchain can help in that? Or is that just a separate little tangent there? Tony, you're proving my point. Blockchain at its very core is a way to remove friction. So with the self-sovereign identity solution, you as a, as a person, as a human being, are going to own your own data. So instead of you going to the doctor and they take x-rays and they keep them in their, in their, uh, their office on their computers and their hard drives, what's going to happen is you're going to own that data. And when you drive for a car company like Uber or another example, you're going to own that five-star rating. So that when you want to move to another car company that's going to charge you less of a fee, you're going to take that rating with you. So you start having this reputation build up on your identity that, that's persistent, so it's, it never gets deleted, and it's portable, so you can move it. And that's going, to change, that's going to change the way that people are hired into jobs. It's going to change the way that education happens because you're now going to get a certification. And that certification is attached to your reputation. And you can start using that to bid on online jobs anywhere in the world at a time where we need alternatives to education like no other with the college debt bubble bubbling up, uh, for lack of a better word. And just understanding that little concept gives you a little glimpse into what blockchain can do for the world in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I love it, Tyler. It's like having an extended, and I really mean extensive, business card 
of me, of my life. It's a little profile. I presume I'll have it on a chip or a card or on my phone and say, hey, you want to know who I am? Here it is. And they can't edit it. They can only add to it. So they can't change any of my data. So far, so good. Beautifully said. And I'll add one thing too, is that it's not going to inhibit your privacy. So right now, when you go to the bar and you go to the bouncer and they say ID and you show them their ID, they know how old you are, when your birthday is, what street address you live on, that you, you had purple hair back in college when you got the, the picture taken, they know everything. But in the future with blockchain and the self-sovereign identity, they're just going to beep your phone and, that, and it's going to ask a question. Are you over the age of 21? And it's going to return an answer either yes or no. So the bouncer doesn't need to know that I had purple hair when I was 13 years old. I think that's important. And in the future, it might be even more important. Because if I did have purple hair or green hair or orange hair, it should be a decision that I want to let this person know that piece of information yet or not. Well said, yeah. Okay. Well, that in therein lies an interesting dilemma, conundrum, problem. Let's take Facebook case in point. Whatever you've said on Facebook, and I was thinking about this the other day, whatever you say on social media is there is permanent. Now, that said, do you know how to go back three years ago in Facebook where somebody said something demeaning or incorrect or embarrassing that you want to pull? I don't even know that that can be found anymore, but yet there's people, they come up with this stuff and it makes one very careful of what they say, you know, in social media because you know something could come back to haunt one, especially for the more boisterous and upfront type of people, not necessarily for everyone, but there are those people where, you know, they'll say things now off the cuff, but that can come down to haunt them. You know, example, someone running for office. I can't believe the stuff that comes up on these people and how it's even found, yet people find it. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Tyler Mulvihill and Damon Burton, blockchain and SEO. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. The Tony D'Urso Show is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 24,000 classes in business, marketing, technology, design, and more. You can take classes in social media, marketing, data science, web development, you name it, they've got it. Skillshare is there to help you learn and thrive. I want to learn how to better engage with you, my audience, and provide you what you want. The Skillshare classes can help me with that. Come on and join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for you, my listener. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Tony D'Urso Show listeners Two months of unlimited access to over 24,000 classes for just 99 cents. Go to Skillshare.com slash Tony D. Again, Skillshare.com slash T-O-N-Y D is in David. Go to Skillshare.com slash Tony D. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. 
Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Tyler Mulvihill and Damon Burton, blockchain and SEO. Previous to Consys, Tyler helped the development of a fintech market offering focused on delivering exponential growth and operational improvement solutions to his clients. He's also a registered CPA in the state of New York. All right. And now back to the chat with Tyler. That's Yeah, that, that's a concern. I mean, I think that for, for the record, blockchain is an immutable record, so you can't change it. So if you, if you want to put something on the blockchain, you want to make sure that it's something you want to stay there. And you can encrypt it so that only you know that it's there. But if you make it public and you put a statement out there, and it's on the blockchain, it's, it is forever. So it is, it is a technology that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, and it, it certainly falls under that category. Tyler, on my blockchain, just to use an example, if I said something when I was in third grade, I'm just making this up, you said the blockchain can't be edited, but because I own my data, can I go back and delete or edit something, or is that just irrevocable? So if it's on the public blockchain, so say the, you call it the public internet, a new version of the public internet, you could not delete it. And there, there's going to be plenty of solutions that make this all possible, right? But what you could do is that you could encrypt it and throw away the key. So it, it'd still be there, but nobody could find it because that key was, was burned. Interesting. Because I was just thinking of a silly example some guy said back in school, you know, I hate girls or something. And then that comes back to haunt them. But anyways, perhaps a yeah. silly point. We'll find out because we're talking about like the internet in the future and who really grasped the power of it. You know, as it unfolded, I think everyone grasped more and more of it, but it was quite this behemoth to really get, you know, and to consider today what it is today, you know, 10 years ago when you heard about it is a whole different story. All right. This is really interesting. And I do want to get into what your company, Viant.io, does. But perhaps take us a little bit more on the blockchain of what do you foresee the future, how it's going to be used, how it's going to be controlled, managed, supervised. Take us through a little tour of what you think are the expectations. Sure. So a caveat, I'll give my predict the future speech, but I am no mind reader or futurist. I just try to give my, my best opinion. So in that, with that caveat, I think in the future, it's going to be a much more inclusive economy. So the, one of the reasons we even started building this, this company from the start is because we realized that the world is, is even more haves and have-nots. And there are so, there's so much potential 
that's everywhere globally and that there are certain barriers that allow certain people to not participate in the global economy or be pushed out or being taken advantage of. And what this technology is, is going to enable, and, and a large part of that is because there's not trust embedded in the economy. And what this te- technology is going to enable is it's going to enable that trust or trustlessness necessary to do business on a global and globally inclusive scale. And what I mean here, for example, we're doing a project with the World Wildlife Fund where we are tracking sustainably caught yellowfin tuna that's caught around the areas of Fiji. We did a demonstration where a sustainably caught yellowfin tuna, or actually a few of them, off the, you know, the fresh waters of Vanuatu in the South Pacific. It was landed. The GPS location was, was caught. The government certified that it was landed at the dock. It was then processed in the plant, shipped to the U.S., shipped to Montauk, brought by a FedEx truck to Brooklyn, where I picked it up, and then we served that, served that yellowfin tuna as sushi to 1,000 people. And the QR code napkin, or a napkin with a QR code on it, which we served with the sushi, allowed people to scan it and know exactly when that fish was caught, what species was it, how big was it, where it was processed, when it was processed, everything was time-stamped, who did it, who the government official, the whole nine yards. And that's just a little glimpse into the possibility of what's going to be enabled when supply chains become transparent. So I think we're going to, we're going to move way into this transparency uh, phase because consumers are starting to demand it. Food is a great case in point here. We could see, well, how fresh is this steak? How fresh is my fish? Is it really organic? Where did it come from? All these questions just nicely answered. The, my mind boggles at what the potentials are for this blockchain in the future. It's really all encompassing, but the amazing part isn't, I don't think, the end consumer. I think those problems will solve themselves because when transparency takes over, it's going, it's going to be fast and furious. What I think this really takes into consideration is that now, now we're going to start getting, getting used to these transparent supply chains. And then what's going to happen is that every time something has to happen in a supply chain, so from when the fish is caught to process, to transported, to put on a freight forwarder, to put on a, on a freight, to then processed again, to then packaged, all of that, it's required to be done by someone. So whether it's the shipping or whether it's the processing, somebody can do that. And if we go back to that other concept of self-sovereign identity, if you have an Uber rating or a, or a fish rating of 7.5 or higher, you are able to process my fish. So I can then ping the world and say, anybody with a rating over 7.5 can bid on processing my fish. And I will send it to either Kansas or California or South America. I don't, I don't care where it is as long as this person has a good reputation. And that starts slowly enabling anybody in the world to start bidding and to start participating in the supply chains like they've never been able to because they have that reputation and because those markets are transparent and global. So we're going we're to start seeing this paradigm shift of the world literally self-organizing to deliver goods that people demand in a transparent way. That is quite something, Tyler. Can you please take us into Viant.io one more time and tell us I don't even know the question to ask you. Perhaps you could tell me better what questions to ask. I'd really like to know why is Viant so different and how that can help perhaps, is it solving our issues or making societal life easier? Perhaps you could just kind of fill that in, but just give us a little bit more on Viant as well on that. Sure. So so the, the long and short of it is Viant is the quickest way to build a blockchain application in the world. 
So if you have an idea, if you start digging in, if you're, if you're a listener out there and in, in a month or in a week or two months, you realize that you have a blockchain application that's going to change the world and you want to know how to build it. Viant is the easiest way to do that. So we allow business users, supply chain experts, business analysts, people with ideas to model a supply chain solution. So this is defining what asset they want to track. Do they want to track tuna, vaccines? Do they want to track oil and gas or digital mining data? So this could be physical or digital. And then what information is important to capture about that asset along its life? So it could be the weight, it could be an ID, it could be that it's organic, it could be a certification, a file, a whole bunch of different things. And then you define the business process, so for the workflow or the, you know, where it's supposed to go. So it's, you know, the, the fish is caught, the fish is landed, the fish is processed. And then you define who can do what. So the fishermen certainly shouldn't be able to ship it, only the shipper should be able to ship it. So once you, once you click these drop-down menus and you build something with no code, you click one button and it's deployed to the blockchain and you can start using it. It auto-generates the smart contracts, which we haven't gone into. It auto-generates a, a beautiful user interface so that you can start logging in and using the application immediately. So it used to take us six months, now it takes us 15 minutes to build. So we, we think that's going to, I mean, besides being the fastest way to build a blockchain application in the world, what Viant really is doing is we believe that people armed with the right tools can build amazing things. And we want to build a platform that allows really the power and imagination of the human population to just run with it. Thank you, Tyler. It sounds very expensive, but when you look at it from the other side, and I'll explain, let's take fish and your blue dolphin or your blue tuna. Yeah, yellow yellowfin tuna. Yeah, Yellowfin tuna. Whoever is inputting, you know, the fishermen, when they fished and brought that tuna into their dock, to their shore, somebody data entered and put in that information what was caught. Well, that part of it can then go into the blockchain for that particular tuna. And whoever handles that tuna along its path, they're already using the computer, doing data entering and marking information and and shipping and logistics and whatever. It seems like a piece of that information that's already being input now goes with that product as it moves along through through the assembly line for it. Is that kind of a good analogy? It's, it's the perfect analogy, Tony. As you said earlier with the, the medical health records or the long business card, everything that's happening to you is kind of attached, if you want it, to, to your personality or, or your identity. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Tyler Mulvihill and Damon Burton, blockchain and SEO. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hi, if you're like me, the list of books you want to read or those people suggest you read is never ending and it's always expanding. I get so many books from amazing people who want to be on my shows that it's just not possible to read them all. Our sponsor, Blinkist, has solved our long list of must-reads once and for all. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling, 
nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes all on your phone. With Blinkist, you'll expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes than you can in almost any other way. Plus, you can listen anywhere. I like to listen to Blinkist while I'm driving. Some people like to spend their first 15 minutes of the day listening to something inspirational to get them started for work. How about you? The Blinkist library is massive from timeless classics like the 7 Habits of Highly Effective People to the 80-20 Principle. My personal recommendation is to check out the 4-Hour Workweek again. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash revenue to start your free 7-day trial. How cool is that? That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash revenue to start your free seven-day trial. And you can cancel it anytime. Blinkist.com slash revenue. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Tyler Mulvihill and Damon Burton, blockchain and SEO. All right, back to the chat with our guests. Now everything's going to have an identity, whether it be a tuna or whether it be a piece of a file, or whether it be a car, and as as soon as it, when it when this asset moves along its life, certain information is going to be tagged to it, and it doesn't it doesn't lose that information in different databases of different companies as it moves along. It's put on that so everyone has a transparent view of what's been going on with that asset. Thank you. It's kind of like a search engine comes with that tuna. I can go. Where were you caught? When were you? How much did you weigh? Who signed you off? Who put you through customs? Who shipped you? It's almost like a search engine for that information. You know, kid comes to school. Okay, what colors hair have you had? (laughs) (laughs) What beer did you ever drink? You know, it's sort of like if it's allowed, right? I guess that's part of the security and the control. It has to be allowed. But if it's allowed, I can then search in a way, and that may not be the right way to say it, but I can then access and get that information that's available about that item. Yep, generally, that's that's exactly right. And I'll have one caveat because I'm sure that you have some listeners that are saying, well, there's certain information that I don't want out there. And just because you have an identity doesn't mean you lose your privacy. Just like that, you know, are you over 21 question? So that's a, that's a nice caveat to when people start getting anxiety this part of the talk. I, I like to say that, so it brings them back. Well, thank you. Very good. Tyler, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, ask questions or find out more, can they reach you at Viant? That's V-I-A-N-T dot I-O? Absolutely. You can also reach me at Twitter and you can also reach us at, so you can reach me at Mulvihill Tyler, so M-U-L-V-I-H-I-L-L-T-Y-L-E-R. And you can also reach us at Viant underscore I-O. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I have learned more about blockchain in this interview than I've learned in all my other interviews and readings and so forth that I've done in all my search. It was very nice the way it was encapsulated and exemplified here. I really appreciate it. 
Tyler, thank you so much for spending the time and explaining this to us. And I wish you so much success with Viant. Thank you so much, Tony. Thanks for having me. Best of luck in the future. Great. Thank you very much. All right. And now we have Damon Burton join us. Damon is president of SEO National and Utah Sites, which manages industry-leading campaigns in SEO and online reputation management. Welcome to the show, Damon. Tony, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, the honor is indeed mine. Damon, you've done so much. And for a marketer, an entrepreneur, small business owner, even those in the corporate world, what you do and how you do it is vital to the existence, to our livelihood. And there's so much I'd love to know about. But first things first, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Well, let's see. Uh, there's been a lot of a lot of pivots to evolve to where I'm at now. So I'll, I'll give you the the abbreviated version and, and anything you want me to elaborate on, let me know. So, uh, you know, I got into web design was my initial entrance into the, the Internet marketing world. And I was I was in high school and they didn't have any commercial editors back then. They didn't have Dreamweaver. And so I had to learn HTML by hand, which is a blessing now because these commercial editors now they don't know when something looks ugly. It just does what you tell it to do. So it's been nice to be able to go in and fix things. And, and that kind of evolved into tinkering. And then I became the guy that you always hear about nowadays that is the neighbor's kids, friends, dog's cousin that works on websites on the <laughs> side and took some side clients and started building that up as a little side hustle with the day job. And, you know, when I had, when, when my day job was 50% of my income and my side hustle was 50% of my income, but the day job was 80% of my time. I figured I'm going to cut my income in half, but I'm going to free up 80% of my time. So I think now's the time to jump. And, and that's when I jumped and started my business. And, and then about a, a year or two into it is when we made an intentional shift from design more so to SEO. And that was 11 years ago. That's quite something and very adventurous because you're a family man. You have children, of course. And with 50% of your income going away, that didn't scare you? That, you know, that's that's quite something. Yeah, I, well, part of the, you mentioning family was part of the encouragement because I didn't have kids yet. At the time, I had probably been married for two or three years and family was definitely on the horizon. And I figured now or never, you know, take the risk when you have less to lose. And, and so it was that was actually part of the equation is jumping before I had family. Very smart move. And while I do want to talk a little bit about business, I actually want to go off on a little tangent here because we talk, we're talking about family and maintaining a family slash business relationship, especially for an entrepreneur. And it's your, you, your income, what you do every day determines whether you have food on your table tomorrow and whether you take care of your family and so forth. I'd love to know we all have our, perhaps, our methods to our madness. I like to know, how do you maintain this work-life balance and grow your business? Yeah, I, I've actually been always really proactive about that. And I, I probably have an old employer to thank for it and, and not in good ways. <laughs> so, you know, I learned from a previous, one of the last positions I had before I started my company is I learned how to not treat employees and the the gentleman was always blowing up my phone. And, and at that point, I said, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that has email connected to his phone. And so I detached my email from my phone long before I started my own company. So probably 13, 14 years ago. 
And then as I started my company, I kind of maintained that. And I said, I'm not going to, I still don't have email with my phone. I still haven't had it connected one day in the last 14 years or however long it's been. You know, we have an auto attendant at the office and that auto attendant shuts off at five o'clock. It can't ring through. Um, You know, after five o'clock is family time. I love my clients dearly, but none of them get my cell phone. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I make a very intentional effort. I wake up early. I do the five o'clock thing. And a lot of times between five and seven before the kids wake up, I I get more done in that two hours than I do the rest of the day. And, you know, between the kids reaching out and saying hello and the wife saying hello. And I I set boundaries and I stick to them. So after five o'clock, it's no work. And, you know, there's sometimes on the weekends and evenings where the kids go to bed early and I'll squeeze in extra time. But but other than that, it's never on the schedule. You're brave. (laughs) Damon, I've interviewed hundreds of people, millionaires and billionaires in, in progress. I've never met anyone that has been totally disconnected, not only disconnected from their email. I do know one person does not have any email on their phone, but at five o'clock, you just shut down. That's, that is just amazing. Hats off to you. And you can maintain that. That's what blows me away. For me, the way I do it is when my wife comes home is when I shut off. I switch from business to family and I focus on the family because when she's there, you know, that's just how I take care of it. And that works pretty well. So I let that guide me on catching up or getting stuff done. But how yeah. can you live without that email on the phone? Aren't there important things that you're sitting on the edge of your chair waiting for or deals or things to sign? Or I'm impressed that you live that world. That's that's unknown to us. You know, it's um, I think it boils down to setting expectations. So sure, obviously, there's, you know, pending contracts and website launches and whatever it is. But I'm, I'm very... I'm very proactive about setting expectations. So, you know, an example is when we launch a new SEO campaign for a client. Um, Even during the negotiations, I say, you know, if we move forward, here's where we're going to be at at week one. By, you know, day 10, my employee X is going to reach out to you about this. And a couple days later, employee Y is going to reach out to you about this. Weeks two through four, we're at this. And after, you know, week six, we get into the reoccurring part of SEO and, and you won't hear from us as much, but you'll get these automated reports. And so I'm very clear about setting expectations. And I tell my clients, uh, well, here, here's another thing too. I only check my emails about once a day because if I go into that rabbit hole, I'm never climbing out. So, you know, and I tell my clients that I say, hey, you know, just so you know, I check my emails, you know, sometime between two and three o'clock is about average. Um, every once in a while, I'll check it a few more times than that. But I always get back to you within one business day. But if you happen to email me right after I've checked my emails, I'm not going to get it until tomorrow. That's amazing. You have a tremendous work ethic, and I thought I was good. Hats off to you on that. (laughs) All right, now let's talk a little bit more about business and how we can actually help because there's some really important things here if you're in the corporate world, if you have your own business, if you do things nights and weekends and you're trying to hack your job, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a startup, we've got some stuff here that I think is amazing, and I've written several books on lead generation and marketing, and I can't wait for some of this. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Damon Burton. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel.
check out my other great interviews at TonyDURSO.com or using your Android or iPhone, get the app at TonyDURSO.com slash mobile. That's TonyDURSO.com or slash mobile for the app. Thanks. You heard that a majority of businesses fail. Don't be a statistic. Get my book free, The Vision Map. Beat the odds for your business success. Get it free at TonyDURSO.com slash vision. And set up your own successful vision map. TonyDURSO.com slash vision. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market this is the voice america influencers channel be inspired You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show. This segment of today's show is with Damon Burton. Damon began designing websites in 1999 and successfully launched several internet marketing agencies. He also has extensive experience in broadcasting as an on-air radio talent for six years. And now back to the chat with Damon. The first thing I'd like to know is, do you have, and I think you said that you do, some tweaks or adjustments pretty much anyone can make on their website to increase their sales? Yeah, there's a lot of free opportunities and tools for entrepreneurs and business owners and website owners and, you know, webmasters to jump into. Uh, Before we kind of go into a few of those, the the first thing you got to know when you're getting into SEO is it's slow. And depending on how competitive your industry, it's it's painfully slow. So, you know, before you jump into SEO, don't start and don't waste your time unless you're willing to commit to this long, slow play. So knowing that there's a million things to go on SEO, but they primarily fall into two categories. So the first category is what you do on your website. And then the second category is what you do externally to your website. So on your website, where you can start is make sure it's mobile friendly. There's Google has a a free mobile friendly test. If you just Google, Google mobile friendly tests, you'll get the URL. And then what that tool will do is it'll give you kind of a rating out of 100 and it'll tell you here's the areas of opportunity to improve and just it'll give you different metrics. Now, that report is kind of in the middle ground. It's not too technical, but it's not necessarily for newbies, we'll say. But if you're more of a, a visual 
interpreter of if your website is mobile friendly or not, then there's a website. Um, it's this long URL. I can't remember what it is, but if you search Responsivator, it'll bring up this tool called Responsivator. And what that has is it'll load your website in multiple resolutions. So you can see it on a small phone resolution, a tablet resolution, and a desktop resolution. And there you can actually see it because the mobile friendly tool just says it's good or bad and here's the technical reasons, but doesn't render something for you to look at. And so you can take advantage of both of those to better understand if your website's mobile friendly. And the reason why that matters for search engine optimization is because Google says, treat us like a customer or a visitor and if your website's not mobile friendly, visitors don't like it, therefore we don't either. So you have to have a mobile friendly website. The next thing that you can do in that first category of what you do on your website is make sure you have a good page speed. For the same reason nobody likes slow websites, so neither does Google. There's a website called GTmetrics, M-E-T-R-I-X.com, and that's free as well. And that'll give you a super detailed technical breakdown of why your website's fast or slow. Um, those are the two areas I would start with for that on-page category. Now, the, the second category is what's called off-page, and that's what you do external to your website. Basically, SEO nowadays is, you know, long gone are the days of keyword stuffing and all these little what are called black hat tricks. And now it's more about building credibility and brand awareness. So you have to show up on other websites. You have to show up in the news and press. And Google basically says, hey, is Damon's website, we see more buzz and chatter about it, not only from a quantity of, of external websites, but a quality of relevant websites. So the more that you can show up in 10 relevant websites that are related to your industry, that's better than a hundred garbage websites that are not moderated and you just find a way to get your, you know, put a comment on there and just show up on this unrelated website. So you got to come up with a, a content marketing strategy to give your audience in these other websites a, a reason to find your brand appealing enough to talk about you online and to do that they need content to talk about you so you got to put a, you got to come up with a big content strategy and you know depending on where the conversation goes from here there's I can talk all day about content but that's where you want to start I like that these are great tips here the Google mobile test the responsivator that's with a v correct correct and the page speed at get at gtmetrics.com great great I'm going to use those as soon as we're done with this interview. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. On the response on the SEO and how that industry has changed to what it is today, based on what you've just said, it seems to me that one thing a company can do, an entrepreneur, anyone, get a press release out with your website or your key webpage on there because that being picked up by other social media shows more social proof and that you're on relevant sites, right? So that would be a good strategy. Yeah. Now it's key to understand that all press release sites are not created equally. So if, if you're, you're going out there and it goes back to the quality versus quantity, don't go out there and blast your press release to just any free unmoderated website. Uh, as a rule of thumb for me, we don't submit clients to any press release network that's free period. Now, the reason why you don't go to any of these free press release sites 
um, is because it's a quality control. The if there's an unmoderated website, it, well, you know, the free ones are probably moderated. A lot of them, but the problem is because they're free, you get you're going to show up next to press releases about Viagra and knockoff Chinese Nike Air Jordans, and <laughs> and then you're going to be guilty by association. Your website is right, so you're going to show up to these poor quality websites, and then Google's going to say this press release website is not quality controlled, has bad content, has bad links, and your site falls under that umbrella. So first thing, first quality control is don't use any free press release sites. You know, one PR site that I'm a big fan of, you know, the, I've got to know these, not necessarily know them personally, but, you know, I've had some exchanges with the owner and, and they're a nice group of people, is uh, prunderground.com. And what's nice about them for business owners and, and entrepreneurs is that PR Underground goes directly into Google News. So as long as you write the content following their guidelines, you are guaranteed to get your press release directly into Google News. And that means you will get directly in front of an audience for at least a day or two while that press release is timely and relevant. And the thing to understand about press releases is, depending on the audience's understanding of SEO, a lot of them might think that, oh, the value in press releases is, is squeezing in your link because there's what's called, uh, you know, backlink is when another website links to you. And so one strategy used to be inserting these links in press releases. And as the press release goes out, then that link follows and gets syndicated and then links back to your website. Now, that link doesn't have as much value as it used to. But the value, in my opinion nowadays, in press releases is what's called citations. So when another website cites or references you. So the more you push out these press releases and they syndicate to these outlets and other people pick them up or share the news on their blog or Facebook or wherever, the accumulation of those mentions builds up that popularity contest that we talked about earlier. That makes great sense. I like that prunderground.com. I'm going to check that out. As for myself, I have a PR company that issues a press release to multiple media outlets, and that could be why I have such great standings in the search engines and such a large amount of visitors come to my sites and so forth. So I second that nomination. Don't use one of these free sites. Go to an established PR company or a good publicist. They know where they are and get yourself some quality links and some quality press release. It'll do a lot more good for your for your business. I totally agree with that. So that's a great point because I know because of the cost, right, Damon, some people go, well, you know, I want to go for this free one and that monthly, but you could actually do more harm and hurt yourself. So take this wisdom from someone that really knows and get yourself a publicist or a PR company that can send out quality releases to proper recognized sites that have something to do with your industry, your category, and so forth. You'll love it. Right. Well, good. That's excellent. Now, another part of that, and you've touched upon this, I'd like to go into this a little bit more, Damon, is content. The world has changed on content, as you mentioned just earlier. You know, used to be we could stuff keywords in there, and it's all changed. You mentioned a little bit more about this. I'd like to go a little deeper into what is good content these days. Everything with SEO is, is going to be the quality over quantity. So the, the way that I like to approach SEO for my clients is to strategize and map it out first be, because content is such a time intensive thing. Those that aren't involved in it at face value, it kind of sounds like, oh, you just blog and it sounds pretty reasonable. But 
when you actually get into it, it is a massive undertaking. So what we do for our clients is first we dive into their industry and go, okay, you know, what makes sense their buyers would want to read about? What are the competitors talking about? And a good tool, this one's also free that the audience can go to, is answerthepublic.com. And what's nice about Answer the Public is you go there and you type in a keyword and it will spit you out this diagram, that this, this keyword tree where in the center is your keyword and then it branches out and then it's got the who, what, when, where, and why of that keyword. And then that branches out further into the questions of that the who keyword question and there's 20 who keywords and and there's 30 what keyword questions and what that diagram is representing is what people are already searching on search engines so you know you go to google and they have what's called autocomplete you start typing and it it tries to assume what query you're trying to get at and help you out by pre-populating it so answer the public will go pull data like that and will tell you straight up here's what people are searching that contains that keyword. And so why that's valuable to SEO is that's your audience. That's what people are asking. So why not build content around that that answers those questions that people are already asking? So what you do from there is we take those questions, uh, you know, those topics, build them out into an outline where we prepare a 52-week content calendar. And the reason why it's important for the audience to proactively build out a big content calendar is because if you know, if you attempt to put on your writer's cap every Friday, it ain't going to happen. You know, you're going to get interrupted. You're going to get writer's blog. And so what you have to do is map out, and you don't have to go extensively as a 52, you know, an entire year's calendar. If you want, just do it a month in advance. Just do four or five topics per month. You know, one, I recommend at least one per week. So map out four or five topics ahead of time. And then that way, when you're in your writer's groove and can crank something out, you just do it all at once because it's impossible with everyone's short attention spans and interruptions to sit down and crank out one topic per week. It'd be easier to crank out four or five when you have the time and and the mental mindset. So map out that content calendar. And then once they're written out, depending on, you know, what your website's back end is, I'm a big fan of WordPress, then you can future date it. In WordPress, you can future date that content. So sit down, crank it out in one sitting, and then just put it up and schedule it. And then that way, as it goes live, it looks like it's being paced out. Very smart. For those of you out there that blog, that write content, a great system here. Write four, five, six blogs at one point, put them all together, and then paste them out so that they get issued automatically. Save yourself some time. You can go take a vacation. (laughs) Yeah, what's that? (laughs) Tell me about it. Us entrepreneurs, you know what's funny about an entrepreneur is we go from 40-hour work weeks to 80 hours. We work more and we have more fun. Go tell me. (laughs) Go figure. I I posted almost word for word uh, some of that yesterday. (laughs) You know, I've been doing a lot of social media influencing and encouraging other entrepreneurs, and I wrote this big, long post about exactly that yesterday. (laughs) That's funny. And the last thing is... I have a little issue with this. Uh, it was my little joke. You talk about you have tools to track the competition and steal their success. But I want to make a first here disclaimer. Big notice. Nobody, don't steal my success. <laughs> but you can track yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, what you got for us on that, please? Um, there's two tools that I primarily use. You know, one of them is called SpyFu. It's S-P-Y-F-U dot com. And they have free and paid versions. 
Um, but what's nice about SpyFu is you can type in a domain and it will give you back some estimated data on what they're ranking for organically. So you can see what your competitors are targeting and where they're getting some traffic. And then it also shows pay-per-click data. So if they spend enough money to show up on the radar, it will track some of the keywords that they're bidding on. Now, what's nice about that is, you know, I don't get, you know, pay-per-click isn't my area of expertise, but it's nice to look at pay-per-click data because you definitively have a list of keywords that people are throwing money at. And so the phrase that I like to use is follow the money. So if your competitors are throwing money at these pay-per-click terms, then it's probably because they've already done the hard part of testing to see if they can monetize that term or not. So it's more often than not, it makes sense to consider pay-per-click keywords in your SEO strategy as well. So that's one website. Now, another tactic that will allow me to tell you a couple websites to use is looking at what's called anchor text. Now, what anchor text is, is if you have a link on your website and it says, Damon is amazing, click here to read his blog. And then the words click here are hyperlinked. That hyperlink text is what's called anchor text. So the actual words that are linked is anchor text. A common strategy in SEO is to put keywords within the anchor text because that is a nudge to search engines that says, hey, whatever I'm linking to is relevant to whatever words I have linked. And so it's, it's a common strategy to link keywords to add more emphasis to that link. Oh, I know the answer to this, Damon. On my website, you're reading my website, right? Is my little joke. It says, Damon Burton is amazing. Click here. I should hyperlink Damon Burton and make that the anchor text. Is that right? Yeah. So that would put more emphasis towards my brand name. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, if you have, if you're in a competitive space, now don't get too carried away with it because you can do what, what's called over-optimization. And if you link your keywords too much, then Google's going to say, hey, this is an unrealistic pattern of keyword-rich hyperlinks. So you kind of have to balance it with, you know, regular natural formatting of links. If you have an intentional link building strategy where you're going out and trying to acquire links, don't get carried away. But yes, at its core, that's, that's the idea. Okay, that makes great sense. Instead of the click here, whatever the keyword is that is appropriate to why the person is clicking. I get it. I love right. it. Yeah, so so now now that you have an understanding of what anchor text is, the reason why, going back to your question about how you can look at your competitor's strategies, is you can go look at what keywords show up in their anchor text. And there's a couple, um, you know, one website you can do that is uh, openlinkprofiler.org. And you type in a domain, it'll pull up a list of their backlinks, and then they have a tab that says anchor text. And so you can click on that anchor text, and, and you're going to see a lot of irrelevant stuff. You're going to see generic stuff like the click here example. So you kind of want to skim through it and look for anchor text that is keyword rich. And that's what they're targeting in their SEO strategy. And there's a handful of other tools. So Open Link Profiler is free. For a, a paid one, there's one called SEO Spyglass that I'm a fan of, and that will that's a desktop-based software you can run. And then there's a website called webmeup.com. It has uh, some free data as well, and then they also have a premium version too. Damon, you filled us up with so many tools, tips, and techniques to do SEO just a little bit and get our feet wet. I know that for us that are serious and really want to rise up high, we do need a professional. We do need someone to help 
and I sincerely appreciate you spending the time and giving us all this information so that we can do a little bit more than we have now. And then again, but I do urge everyone, there's only so much that you can do yourself. Get a professional to do it so that you can really get up there properly because people like Damon have been through the School of Hard Knocks. He's made all the mistakes. He knows what's (laughs) right. Look at that. See, I know it. He's a PhD just like me in the School of Hard Knocks. We know. And this way you won't get hurt. Just have the professional do it. You're good at your business. So people like Damon are good at his. I think that's a great marriage to just get someone like that. He's the president of SEO National. He's got a couple of key websites. One is DamonBurton.com. That's B-U-R-T-O-N.com. And I believe, Damon, that some of your other tools and facilities are linked to this site as well? Yeah. So on on SEONational.com is where I give away a lot of the free SEO tips. DamonBurton.com, I kind of talk about Entrepreneur Live. And I just launched an online SEO course where we go through and and train on these. And and that's WaysToRank.com. And then if you want to join a free Facebook group where I help entrepreneurs with advice like this, it's WaysToRank.com slash Facebook. I love it. That's a lot of stuff you've thrown at us. Can we access and find all this through the one site, DamonBurton.com? It's on the to-do list. You know, my, okay. my, uh, my, my clients are like, uh, what, what's the old saying? The shoemaker's son, uh, or my, my websites are like the shoemaker's son where I'm so tied up with my clients' websites that I kind of neglect my own. But, but yeah, I'll, by the time this, this goes live, I'll, I'll have, I should have that up there. Yeah, because there's a lot of, lot of good resources here, and I want to make sure that we have access to all of them and that nothing gets forgotten. So if anyone just remembers one site and sees that, though this will also be in the show notes, all of these links. So... This way it makes it convenient. Once again, Damon Burton, I just want to thank you so much for sharing this with us and spending the time. We really appreciate the wisdom, the guidance, the advice. Just thank you so much. This is great. Happy to help out. Thanks for your time. And for my amazing audience, thanks so much for listening. Remember, success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Be righteous. Join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.